This is Reverend Chuck Blair. Welcome to our weekly podcast on New Church Live. You know, beautiful weather, beautiful people, beautiful music, it's all good. So, so excited again to be able to share with you, you know, some ideas today. And, and looking again at those, those basic ideas around a, a new home, new contents, new container. I want to start out by saying it's, it's interesting to watch with, with life and how it works. That, that th- sometimes we shift through these small little changes that, it, that I think when they happen, we don't realize really how big they are. Like this. All right, now, now the first airplane flight, I'm a history geek. Those of you who don't know, I'm a history geek, former history teacher. I know all kinds of useless information. So, how many yards did the first airplane fly? Good guess, totally wrong, 40 yards. And how many miles per hour did it go? Close, 6.8. Is that underwhelming or what? Right? So, so like, here's, here's this thing, like, this has changed our lives. Like, crazy. I'm, I'm flying down to, 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 to South Carolina this afternoon to, to visit an online parishioner, and I want to be sitting in, it's like sitting in a living room for two hours. And they feed you. And it all started with these guys. 40 yards, 6.8 miles per hour. And what was their job before they did this, folks? Does anybody know? They made bicycles. Now, somebody explain it to me. You know, you you go from making bicycles to, I don't know, let's make the first airplane. Isn't that amazing? Right? And we're going to talk about that with life. These these changes that take place and, and how we go through these shifts in life. There's this beautiful concept deeply embedded in new church perspective. And that's this core, core, core. Take a look at how creation is held. Creation, I'm going to have you say the last E word there. Creation is perpetual and eternal. I know if you're like me, a lot of the time we wish that wasn't true. <laughs> I'd love to like reach a static state where it's just like, oh, we got it all figured out. Doesn't seem to be how it works. It seems again and again, that we, we get reminded that change creation is perpetual and eternal. And to use a baseball analogy, folks, it's never the bottom of the ninth. It's never the bottom of the ninth. In other words, it's never the last inning at the last at-bat, and if you don't get a bat, you're going to be sent home. That doesn't mean that there aren't times of life, of course, where, where, where there's a grieving, where, where something has to end. But it's amazing the things that get born when certain endings happen. Sometimes those are pleasant, giving up a bike shop to invent the airplane. There you go. But sometimes those are a little tough. Those are challenging. It feels like a deep breaking. Could I get a little amen on that? Amen. You know, I'm just thinking about today. Like, what are you bringing today that feels broken and old and that you know you got to move on and you're not quite sure what that is? Probably a lot of you are here with that. And maybe this is a service for you and a service for all of us in terms of holding it. Now, I want to read a Bible story to you that talks about these kinds of changes, and then we're going to look at a specific part. So this comes, if you're following along at home, this comes from Luke chapter 5. 
they said to Jesus' disciples, John's disciples often fast. In other words, they go without out eating and pray. And so do the disciples of your Pharisees, of, of the other Pharisees. But yours go on eating and drinking. Jesus is constantly getting accused of having too good a time, which you got to love that. Jesus answered, can you make the guests of the bridegroom fast while he is with them? But the time will come when the bridegrooms will be taken from them. In those days, they will fast. He told them this parable. No one tears a patch from a new garment and sews it onto an old one. If he does, he will have torn the new garment and the patch from the new will not match the old. And no one pours, and this is where we're really going to focus today, no one pours new wine into old wineskins. If he does, the new wine will burst the skin. That's because of fermentation. It would expand. The wine will run out and the wineskins will be ruined. No new wine must be poured into new wineskins. And no one after drinking the old wine wants the new, for he says the old is better. That's so human nature, right? We like that old part, right? But then there's this constant forever newness happening in lives as well. Now, I want to pull this apart. Looking at that first part, they said to him, John's disciples often fast and pray, so do the disciples of Pharisees, but yours go on eating and drinking. Jesus answered, can you make the friends of the bridegroom fast while he is with them? You know, again, we, we kind of blast through that. I'm going to step over here for a minute. You know, I, I, I used to have this image that, that Jesus would say these things really seriously. Like, like with real, um, real kind of anger. Don't you know the bridegroom? In other words, I'm with you. But that's not what he's really saying here. Notice what, what is he referring to here? He's saying that, that those who follow him are his what? What's the word there, folks? Friends. I had a wonderful wedding on Friday night. Wonderful. The Hibbs family, many of you know them. They're a core part of our congregation. And, and, and Amber and Joe, who, who you would recognize from here, you know, they're, they're up front. And, and, and I'm talking to them about this simple fact that, that Jesus, again and again, he consistently says the kingdom of heaven is like a wedding banquet, not like a court. You folks have heard me say that a number of times. and just think it's so important. And so I mention this to them, and then I, then I say, oh, and I want you guys to see heaven. I want you to see what heaven looks like. I want you to feel what heaven is, even if just for a barest minute. And I turn them around, and there's these faces that just love them. There's these faces that have loved them for all time. That's what Jesus is driving at with this kind of statement. That's what heaven is. We step back over here. That's, that's how we're to see it. And, and as we see it that way, we're also to embrace this newness. Now, to read for us on this newness, we have a wonderful volunteer, Annie Lindsay, from out in western Pennsylvania, who's going to do the reading for today's service. It's going to be the real core. So with that, I guide you to our video here where she's going to offer the reading. Hi, I'm Ann Lindsay from the Sower's Chapel. I'm glad to be a part of New Church Live this morning. Here's the key reading for today. Nobody puts new wine in old wineskins. Otherwise, the new wine will burst the wineskins, and the wine will run out, and the wineskins would be ruined. Have a great day from Western Pennsylvania. So that's that statement I want to look at, like old wine, new wineskins. Now, it's interesting, when, when, you know, when I was growing up, I mean, this is a, for those of you who are familiar with the Christian story, this is a very preached on part of the Bible. People talk about this part of the Bible a lot. 
And I used to think of, of the new wineskin, old wineskin, I used to think that he meant like a canteen. You know, it's just like this little canteen that people would carry wine around in. But that's not what the wineskins were. It's interesting, again, being a history geek, you go through and you do a little history research. This is what actually the wineskins look like. No one pours new wine into old wineskins. Otherwise, the new wine will burst the skins, the wine will run out, and the wineskins will be ruined. And this is what they look like. It's kind of gross, right? But literally, they would take a full animal, and that would become the wineskin. Now, you have to, you have to think of it the, the way this, the way the, the logic here works. So, so wine was really important in the ancient world. It was important because water was often contaminated. And the way you knew that the water was good was if it had been fermented into wine. Interesting little aside there, right? And so they would store it in these big old wineskins. But you had to be careful because old wine and old wineskins worked fine. It's not a story about old wine and old wineskins being bad. It's a story about that if you want new wine in your life, and I think I could be so bold as to say God is always asking us towards new wine. You had a fermentation process, and what that would do would be that would break the skin. And can you see, folks, what a catastrophe that would be? You know, you're not talking just dropping a cup of wine. You're talking dropping a lot of wine. So it's obvious with this that there's, there's a bigger picture here, that there's a bigger picture here, a bigger newness we're being asked to. As the band comes out for its middle song, I really want us to think, yeah, like, like, what is, what is that newness? And, and notice, folks, as well, that the newness, the newness, there's a fermentation process that takes place with it. In other words, there, there's stuff that's breaking down. There's, there's, there's stuff that's shifting. There's stuff that's, in a sense, I don't want to use the word spoiling, but I do, but something along those lines. There's a fermentation taking place. And that when we come back, we're going to look a little more into what that new wine might be. What are some examples of it? And then how do we create new wineskins around it that can hold what's new? What's it going to take to kind of get us to, to a third way of thinking? We talk a lot about that in here. I think, I think Christianity comes to a third way. It's not an either-or. It's, it's like a both-and. And, and I think that's what the new wine starts to be, where we start to see things a little differently. Can I share with you an example from my life? Yeah. All right. So 40 yards, how many miles per hour? Quick quiz, see if you remember. 6.8. So, so super slow, 40, like this little shift that all of a sudden is like, wow, that puts me in a whole new place. It was, was a simple one, just a simple one happened to probably about three or four years ago. You know, and I was listening to this author who I really like. And this author said, you know, the challenge is we start our, our, our Christian thought around chapter three of the Bible instead of chapter one. Now, what does that mean? Well, what that means is this. Chapter th- three is where sin appears. Chapter one is where original blessing appears. And that was just kind of like, okay, that's 40 yards, that's 6.8 miles per hour, that's kind of nice, it's just a little, like, thing. But folks, let it in. 
Let it in. The Bible, the Word, God's Word is a story of your life, story of my life. The story doesn't start with where you made mistakes. The story starts with where you're blessed. Is that a big shift? Yeah. It's easy to think of that just, well, yeah, that's just 40 yards, Chuck, but let it play out, and pretty soon you'll be on your own airplane flight to South Carolina. Because that shift is huge. God's not here to punish. Please listen. God is not here to punish any of you. He's here to bless you. And really to remind you of the blessing you already are. Lives take flight when they let that in. Those pieces then start to explain so much else. Like one of the things I always wrestled with from my personal denominational background, which is in the new church, was, was that idea that we're to serve the good in the neighbor. And, and, and I kind of saw that as like, well, my job is to judge if the neighbor has any good in them or not. Flyers fans beware. Like that was my, that was my job. And now much more, I don't see it that way. I think what's being driven at there is, is this idea that there is good in the neighbor. There is blessing in the neighbor. I'm to serve that. How can I help this person I love or this person I know or this acquaintance or this stranger to come more and more into the original blessing? 40 yards. 6.8 miles per hour. That shift can happen. Folks, do you see where that's new wine? See where that's a whole new way of seeing it? And, it? and it doesn't look like much at first. But what we have to get rid of is, is even in this strange way, this idea that we're talking dichotomies here too. I mean, it's, it's so easy to talk about new ways of thinking and then, and then to think that, that somehow the old ways are, are bad and wrong. I don't think that's what's being driven at here. I think here is Jesus saying, no, the old, is, the old ways and the old wine is good. It's like it's good. In fact, some people are going to prefer that. And there is new wine happening. And how do we create new containers around that to allow it to breathe and to move and to grow? How do we do that? I think one thing I want to do here is, is I want to share, and this is a little bit heady, like sometimes it's good to get a little bit heady. This is a little bit heady, granted, but I think it's important, which is to understand like what that third way looks like, because it, it's easy either left or right, whatever perspective you take, you know, it, it, either one, both can become equally rigid. I know very rigid Republicans, I know very rigid Democrats. Right? Please say I'm right on that. Yeah. You know, like, we, 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 just, we just have that, like, like for both, for both. And it's, it's true through all of society, right and left. You know, there's, there, there's, there's, there's great people on both sides of any conversation. And, and it's, it's like, how do we continue to have dialogue? Well, we only have it with the third way. And this is what one of the challenges can be. I'm going to step over here for a minute. I think to look at this, this next slide up here. There's, there's one view, and, and I definitely see this in my line of work around church. 
There's, there's this one position that, that, that believes that everything was, that was old was somehow far better than everything that was new. And there are many old, beautiful things, but this is the challenge. We can get into nostalgia where we clutch nostalgically to our past conviction and ways of life as if the beliefs and practices and cultural norms of our pious ancestors were of more heavenly origin, closer to, and authored more directly by God. You know, we can fall into that. I can fall into that. Somehow, you know, that, that the way things were done before, that that, that just was the right way. I mean, I, I still, folks, have a, have a huge affinity for, for the forms of church that I grew up in. Huge affinity for that. You know, as a kid, dressing up in a suit, carrying a, a piece of fruit at Thanksgiving, singing for peace and for plenty, I still remember the words. It's okay. And there's obviously something new happening that we need to step into. We can't go to the other extreme either, and this is that other extreme, this, this cynicism. The cynicism that says essentially all old things are bad. Either nothing old is bad or everything old is bad. Those are, those are polarities. Cynicism, we clutch to our self-appointed role of cynically unmasking what is really the true dark side underlying all things. Conspiracy theory, everywhere. Which gives the false impression of intellectual profoundness, and I love this last line by Wolf, and offers the cheap thrill of self-righteousness. Is that good or what? Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's really good. I love that cheap thrill, by the way. So if you step back over here, we, we can see that. And so much of what we're trying to do is, is to find and live into and be this third way. We're not caught in the rigidity of, of either. We're, we're able to, to hold that there are good things in both perspectives. There's, there's good things on this side. There's good things on that side. Our job is to allow for there to be be, be, a, be a, you know, this, this container, this wineskin that's able to move and, and shift. And, and that, folks, is the third way. Because the challenge with those two extremes, please listen carefully, please listen carefully. Critique becomes the norm. Critique becomes the norm. There are few things that will move us further away, faster away from original blessing than constant, unmitigated criticism. And that's why we have to move out of critique becoming the norm. Is it important to critique things at times? What's the answer to that? Yes, absolutely, absolutely. We have to make those decisions. We are called to make judgments. You just have to do it in life. Shakespeare let mercy temper justice. Let's always think about a third way. Let's always see if there's this, this middle path in between where critique is not the rule, but a place of moral imagination. Isn't that a great phrase, moral imagination? I love that phrase. A place of hope. A place where instead of trying to balance this and this, we're going like this. Where are we going? What's out there for us? This, my friends, is where we start to discover new wine. And it needs new wineskins to hold it. Because it's moving beyond just simple polarities like this. One of the pieces 
you know, again, as a, as a simple example, is this beautiful piece from, from New Church around just, just learning to just serve people, just to serve them. I was, I was thinking about this with life, right? Like, so much of life is, is, was we write a bunch, especially with our loved ones, we write a bunch of equations up on the whiteboard. Equations, I'll love you if, I'll love you when, I'll love you when you take out the trash, I'll love you when you do the dishes, I'll love you da 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 We'll write up all these equations. I think what God is asking us to do at some point is to erase the equations and to just say love is the whiteboard that can hold the equations, that knows they're there, but that, but that just holds that love is the ultimate. Like it, it is the ground of our being. It's who we are. It's, it's our very core personhood. We learn that when we learn to just simply serve. And again, like, like as you're hearing this, like hear, hear that again, that idea of like finding the good in the neighbor, serving that in these beautiful words. The pleasure of doing good to their neighbor, serving is their reward. You could say joy there. Angels feel this pleasure, a pleasure that is both spiritual and eternal. These kinds of people don't want to hear about credit. They love doing good and feel joy in it. It depresses them if someone thinks they are doing it to get something in return. They benefit their friends for their friends' sake, their siblings for their siblings' sake, their spouses and children for their spouses and children's sake, their country for their country's sake. They are people whose actions are based on friendship and love. We can see how that goes right into original blessing, right? You know, like, it's just, it's just this beautiful appeal. And the word is there, I, I think the important word there is for. Like, I'm, I've got to figure out how to do this for you. You know, not thinking about credit or anything like that. Just, just how do I do this thing for you? I think that's where this is going. Now, I want to drive this home so people get a chance to like see how this can work in people's lives, how, how this process is, is really miraculous and it's really hard. Like it's got hard stuff to it. So this is the way God's economy kinds of, kind of works. So about 10 days ago, our very own Josh Howard called me up and Josh said, Chuck, I got this idea, blah, blah, blah. I'd love to talk about it on, uh, at, at church sometime and da-da-da. And it was about change and changes in his life and changes going on and this, that, and the other thing. And he, he was chatting with Martha about these things. And I had this sermon coming up. And I go, Josh, I got an idea for you. Can you guess who's going to join us in a panel today? So please give Josh and Martha a warm round of applause as they come to the stage. Wonderful to be hanging out with you two people. Let you say hi and take over. Thank you. Is there any chance we could up the light so Josh and I can see you people? (laughs) It doesn't (laughs) work. I don't want to see anybody. Okay. Hello. Just say hi. Hello. So, um, welcome. Thank you, Josh, for the opportunity to hang out. And Chuck, for that lead up to Josh sharing some of his story with us. Um, One of the things that is profound in each of our lives is 
We have old wine. We have old containers. We have new wine, new containers. Sometimes the new wine doesn't show up quite at the right time. (laughs) There are things called ruptures in old wine containers. They're called new wine containers, in Josh's case, a son who showed up in his beautiful life this last year and forced new wine container and a delight and a joy. And he's going to share a bit about that. And he asked me to sit up here because he thought he wasn't brave enough. His son's name is Brave. (laughs) So here we go. Um, He's asking me what he's sharing about um, right now. now. So I'm going to ask him some questions. I'll cue him up. Um, So Josh, tell us just briefly about your life in the last two years in terms of using the metaphors of wine containers and what you want to share with them about that? Um, I would say in the past two years, probably when I first started coming here, I would say, I met Ray at um, at just another gig. And um, when he invited me out here, around that time, I was going through a very, very like um, dark and um, just stressful time of my life um and i guess in in the using like the new wine i mean the old wine and new wine skins um the like the old wine version of myself um was not handling those situations that i was in um very well um but i became like chuck was saying earlier well just a few minutes ago about um living in the middle space um and I, I've started practicing that after, like, especially started spending some time with you. Um, and by doing that, I, I began to just grow in like a different way and um, grow from those things that I went through. And and then having my son in October, well, not me having, but my son coming <laughs> in October um, was just a complete like shift for me, um, among other things like that I was doing it as well. But it. it it challenged me to look at the world um, a different a different way and um, to not be so um, i guess critical of everything but also um, to to start to branch out and be brave enough to try um, new things um, so yeah such as, such as um, i 'll speak specifically to the instance um, that really was impactful for me it was I, it was uh, Brittany Lerman and Kane Lerman sitting up here with you, um, and just their story really was inspiring for me. Um, it really touched me in uh, a way that just made me look at like my life and, and realize that you know um, we're all like not alone. We're all going through something. We all have our um, our own struggles, and um, and and it's not that it, it, life doesn't have to be that serious for us. Um, and it, it's, it was Cain when he said, uh, 
I think he used the word uh, uh, surrender. Um, and that perspective really was powerful for me because, um, yeah, that, that way of looking at life is and just kind of living in the middle space and, and, um, yeah, it's, I felt like a, a, a peace immediately once I heard that, that, um, kind of inspired some of the, the actions that I've taken since then. So, um, Josh is a singer songwriter and one of his, um, knowings is that his music would inspire each of us at a deeper level to own and to look at our own stories and our own ruptures and our own blessings and to ask incredible questions in our own souls about things. And so his creativity is a way for him to honor that. And I'd love you to just tell a few things about your creativity in this darker time and then coming out of it. Today he's going to share a song that got downloaded to him for his son with us. And that's why he called Pastor Chuck to share that. So, um, so, the song. Okay. Um, so that the song, it's called Your Mom and Me. And, and it, I realized that I was like, I want to um, leave a legacy for my, for my son. And um, I want to live in, in such a way that's intentional. And um, because my gift is cre- creativity and, and writing and, and um I get the opportunity to, to do this and, and I'm very appreciative of it. Um, but, uh, so I just wanted to write a song and it kind of just came to me, um, to write a song, uh, for him. Um, but I realized that I wasn't just talking to him in the song. I was talking to myself. Um, and even when, uh, I named, uh, my son, his name is Bravery. Um, something about that name just really rung true to me. And, um, yeah. And every time I look at him, I just want, I want, I want that. I want to be brave. He has such a, um, just a, he's, he's a special, special, special boy. Um, and yeah, he, he inspires me to want to be brave. So I, I, in writing this song, I guess, should I share the lyrics at this time? Um, I'll read the lyrics to you. I'm not texting, I promise. <laughs> Um, so here's the lyrics. It's, uh, come out of the darkness. You'll be all right. Your mom and me have lots to teach you. Don't be afraid. You'll be okay. It's been a long nine months. It's nice to meet you. I must say, I love you so. And I pray you'll always know it's okay to not be all that you can be. Just be you and be brave. Um, Come into your freedom, live for today. Your mom and me will keep you going. You'll make mistakes and that's how we're made. And when you feel alone, I'll be there, call me. And I'll say, I love you so. I'll pray, you'll always know. It's okay to not be all that you can be, just be you 
and be brave enough to make your own mistakes. Be brave enough to look the other way. Be brave enough to listen. Be brave enough to speak. Be brave enough. You're all that you need. Just be. Then you'll say, I love him so. And you'll pray. He'll always know. It's okay to not be all that you can be. Just be you and be brave. So without further ado, we can hear Josh finding his way home to his original blessing via the new wine of a new son who has reminded him of what the blessing that the divine has for each and every one of us. And he, Josh, via his love and blessing for this little guy, is reignited into re-remembering through a terrible rupture in his life that he is blessed too. So without further ado... Give Josh a round of applause. Josh, that was wonderful. Thank you, brother. And he is going to perform his song for us. Yeah, that's great. So I'm going to set this this last song up for you folks. You know, what a a beautiful example on hearing that and and the way new wine and new wineskins can work. And and how is it that we find that and we, we find that blessing and we attach to it? How is it that we can be brave? Brave enough to take that journey, brave enough to take that step, brave enough to do what God calls us to do. Thank you for listening. You can support this podcast at www.newchurchlive.tv.